0: Welcome to C4 Atlanta's Tech Smarts Podcast, where we discuss the convergence of art and technology affecting the creative sector. Hi, and welcome to C4 Atlanta's Tech Smarts Podcast. My name is Chelsea Steverson. I'm the operations manager for C4 Atlanta, and with me today, I have Dale Adams. Dale is going to be talking about virtual reality and how he uses it in his art making process. Thanks so much for joining us, Dale.
1: Yeah, no problem. Glad to
0: be here. Yeah, so before we dive into this topic, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and maybe even how you got to virtual reality.
1: Basically, I'm a self-described sonic visual post-architect is kind of what I (laughs) try to narrow it down to. So I do a lot of uh, 360 sound design for virtual reality, along with development in 3D environment. And that involves basically taking any sort of story and trying to bring it into a form that can be... uh, palatable for a lot of people and also not make them nauseous yeah. a lot of times but also in that I do a lot of sound installations and then I do a lot of work with LEDs and that sort of stuff as well
0: Very cool so I know as for myself as somebody that's not terribly um, involved in virtual reality um, I may have a little bit of a skewed definition of what it is can you maybe define virtual reality and what it really is versus maybe our perceived uh, definition of it
1: Sure. So there's uh, basically two different forms of what's considered virtual reality or what people are using to say the same thing, but they're not the same thing. <laughs> First of all, there's a um, what's referred to as 360 video. So you can set up a 360 camera and shoot 360 degrees all the way around, and then now you're teleported to that place. It's basically a video that surrounds you. And then there's what's really called virtual reality, which is basically taking a computer and putting people into it environment that has depth to it and it's not just a video screen on the sphere so then you can actually see the distance in your eyes are able to tell the size of the object and how big it is and how far back it goes and that sort of
0: thing interesting so i guess in regards to the virtual reality world or people working in virtual virtual reality what kind of tools are you using so that i guess could be software to actual technology
1: sure there's a there's a couple different things um you can use Uh, There's a couple programs called Unity 3D, and then there's another one that is referred to as um, Unreal Engine. So those are two of your gaming platforms that you can basically take and then work and build your projects towards the um, HTC Vive, which is basically HTC and Valve got together and built this platform called the HTC Vive that does room scale, and then there's the Oculus Rift. So both of those game development platforms can also be ported to either one of those, along with um, Samsung and Oculus got together and they do a Gear VR, which is also available out there in another platform that is probably a little bit more ubiquitous right? because the uh, regular VR platforms are usually about $800 to $1,000, right around there. Not including the computer that goes along with Right, of
0: course. <laughs> you have,
1: have a high-end graphics card and all this sort of stuff. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's in it's infant stages, so, you know, all the development tools are out there now. It's not something that you have to hack together anymore, and it's kind of become its own little thing in the
0: past uh, three years. So what does the history kind of of VR look like? Where, where did it start, and how did it get to where it is today?
1: Um, you know, it started somewhere in the... 50, somewhere around there,
0: wow.
1: but even before that, there was stereoscopic cameras that actually existed before actual cameras came about. So someone thought that I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to take it with two cameras because that's how our eyes see. So stereoscopic's been around even longer than that. But in the 50s, there was a guy I can't remember his name, but you can um, check it out. Anyways, he started the Smellovision and the Panovision sort of. Kind of where it all began with was that guy started in the 50s. And then it ended up being the things that, I don't believe one of them was called the Dom where it was this big, huge helmet that came out of the ceiling that attached to your head. And those were like the basic little line drawings that you would see in 3D that moved around the room. And it took computers of all kinds of sizes of rooms and stuff to actually make happen. So all those kind of happened, and then through the 70s and 80s, it kind of took it fell off a little bit, and then somewhere around the 90s, Nintendo got a hold of it and tried to make a, uh, a Game Boy version, Virtual Boy, I believe. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Epically failed on its face. Yeah, it and did. People, once again, becoming really sick and not really <laughs> quite working as the way it was, it was hoped. And so, and then VR took it fall off the face of the planet again. It's just, and so this is like literally the third time around where finally this kid in his garage, as always, is out there and figures out how to turn binoculars around backwards and make these things that eventually ended up becoming an Oculus. And they raised a Kickstarter for $2.5 million. a big deal?
0: Mm, pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then 18 months later, he sells for $2 billion to Facebook. So, I mean, like, and so once that money started becoming, you know, Facebook saw the, the promise of it, it kind of started to gain its uh, momentum with that. And, of course, Five and HTC getting together and building their platform as well. Right. So, ever since then, it's just been for the past two years, it's just building
0: and building. Building, building. and building. So, I guess that leads me to want to know maybe how you use VR. I'd love to hear maybe about your artistic process and how you integrate it into what you're doing or even how you build projects around it.
1: You know uh, for me it's all everybody's kind of trying to build a gaming uh, a game or some sort of Mm -hmm. place and you know a lot of it's not always about games. For me it's about kind of more about spaces and creating an environment. Personally I like games and I play games on occasion. I don't spend a lot of time. I like puzzles so that's Mm -hmm. kind of why I don't get into first-person shooters and building something like that. The aspect I think I find most interesting is that architecturally we're moving through 3D space in this, in this reality, we'll use the word. And then in virtual reality, we're still doing the same thing. So how do we take the lessons that we've learned in, in real reality and apply them to virtual reality? What does that entail as far as a story starts to go, right? Like, How do we now take an environment and start to tell a story around an environment instead of being in a place that kind of has this sort of thing going on? So there's all kinds of really crazy out there ideas I have, too. I won't (laughs) get too wacky today.
0: So I just did some reading um, a few weeks back about the Dream Collection Agency, which you're actually part of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Part of. I mean, I guess you're probably more than just part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd love to hear about it. Can you maybe tell our listeners what it is, sure. um, and how you're using virtual reality as part of that process? So,
1: so basically, uh, a couple of guys, me and a couple of guys, got together and started approaching this idea of what if we took people's dreams and turned them into a virtual reality experience. And what would that be if we actually created a company around that? Mm. Sort of a garage, total recall kind of thing. You know, <laughs> I was thinking it sounded a little like a Philip K. Dick yeah, novel. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. So, and so we started approaching it from that aspect and we started reaching out and we started um, setting up numbers across town so you have a phone, you can phone in your dreams. And then we started collecting people's dreams and we, with the idea that we're going to turn them into virtual reality experiences. So it started kind of gaining momentum and we came up with this idea for the uh, Goat Farms Field Experiment about three years ago here in Atlanta, which was a, a, an artist sort of competition top five. We made it into the top five. We didn't win. Well, what ended up happening through that process was that we ended up um, piquing the interest of a lot of people in town. People liked the idea. And then last summer, we were able to open up an actual Dream Collection Agency facility here in Atlanta on South Broad Street. With that being, a friend of ours, Brandon Barr, here in Atlanta, who's part of School of Humans, was filming a show for um Red Bull that's coming out actually it's out now, where we went in, kind of went in to clean up this place and make sure that we could present a, a whole dream collection agency experience and have people come in, and we had lines for probably about a week and we were Busy and slammed, and like we went through this whole process of developing this startup. We took one of the dreams and turned it into a virtual reality experience. We had about a thousand people donate. Wow. And we chose one of them because development and me being the only developer kind of is a long process. So, you know, you still got to make your money and, you know, right. Yeah. So it was like this whole big thing. So we ended up um, doing one of those and turned it into a virtual reality experience. Where that came from was basically we kind of had a few meetings and decided that although there were so many great dreams, we had to kind of sit down and figure out what was the most relatable or what fit also our own aesthetic as far as like the Dream Collection Agency was too. Because what we were looking at is, you know, as interesting as you seeing your dead grandmother or mom or all (laughs) those things are, other people don't really relate to that and they don't have the same experience you do so we ended up kind of making and helping this one dream become something that was more relatable to everyone that came through and was at the dream collection agency
0: so now i'm really interested in terms of process how you started with that dream and what the steps look like to get it to the virtual reality realm how where did you start
1: so we did we did a lot of vetting obviously in and and that aspect and then we kind of went through and basically we had to go through and go okay what's going to be easiest and how are we going to approach this from a design perspective uh, we only have x amount of time which was at that time probably about a month in development and then also putting it together for the uh opening so it was kind of like a dual thing and we kind of just kind of went through dreams and was like okay well this doesn't really work because it's got people in it and all these things and then we found this one that was like a first person perspective and it was just like It was donated in almost like a, I want to say a poem, but it wasn't Mm. really a poem. It was just kind of like this sort of stream of consciousness and going back to this, being part of this space and this environment that was created. It kind of fit that sort of thing. And that's how it kind of interested me. And I was like fighting for this one. (laughs)
0: So where are you guys at you've actually released it now or you're currently working on it still the
1: the dream collection agency
0: yeah or the the new story you selected the dream you selected
1: uh the dream we selected is is uh not out right now we are looking at doing some modifications to it at the moment because obviously we have the red bull series and people are asking for it and stuff like that so we will make it perfect but yeah it should be out in the next month or so
0: great um so uh If people wanted to submit dreams or want to learn more about Dream Collection Agency, how can they do that? We
1: have a phone number that you can call 267-53-AWAKE, or you can go to dreamcollectionagency.com and type it out and donate that way.
0: Cool. That's that's really, really neat. So, um, any comments or... Uh, anything you can leave our listeners with that may want to become involved or start using VR? Where can they learn more or just find the resources to maybe be self-taught if necessary?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of great there's great tutorials out there for Unity and Unreal Engine. And you just begin there. I mean, you just kind of follow uh, the YouTube stuff, all the stuff that I've done in my life. I'm autodidact, so I've totally taught myself through banging my head against the wall and and, and, and figuring stuff out through... Search it for the internet.
0: As most artists would say, trial and error is the best way.
1: (laughs) I don't know how things got done before the internet was made, but (laughs) man, it must have taken a long time. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Want to learn more about C4 Atlanta? Visit C4Atlanta.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at C4Atlanta. Looking for something to do this summer? Join us at the Masquerade in downtown Atlanta on August 5th for Activate ATL, a free concert celebration to honor the folks who hold power for change, voters just like you. Atlanta-based fans and artists will celebrate the power to lead our city through voting and committing to community issues. Pledge to vote or reserve your free ticket online at c4atlanta.org. This event is free and open to the general public.